Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Springer. Oh, please, please. Thank you. Uh, thanks. Although we opened the show with a lie, Total uh, lie. because yeah, because actually today we're not at the uh, folk school coffee parlor, Gene. We are we're at the Whispering Beard Folk Festival, and by the way, we're performing this episode inside what is called the Red Barn, a little cool little barn. And we'll talk about this in more in a minute. It's not where, cool. It yeah. is well, it's actually sweltering hot. hot. <laughs> and so if you hear some sounds in the background, that may be a fan across the wall is a set of restrooms. So you might hear some, some hand uh, dryers. Yep. And that's good because we want people, please, folks, if you go to the bathroom, wash your hands yes. and feel yeah. free to use a hand dryer. Yeah. Uh, this Whispering Beard Folk Festival is a fantastic event, is it yes. not? We got here. Your yeah, we got, well, we got here last night, and uh, it's in it's in a town called uh, Friendship, Indiana. And uh, I confess, even though for 35 years we lived in Cincinnati, uh, I'd never been to Friendship, Indiana. And Friendship, Indiana, it's a rural area, and. It has 61 residents. Hear me out, 61 residents. And last night, uh, well, I announced my candidacy for mayor of Friendship. <laughs> I mean, Woo-hoo. 61 people, I could buy this election. <laughs> and, and by the way, when Jerry announced his candidacy as mayor of Friendship, boy, wait till the people over in Friendship hear about this. Yeah, they're they're somebody's thrilled. running against yeah. you. We said to Jerry, it, it was in my business plan. So a business I, plan? There's no business plan. Well, well look, when I did, did the business this is a plan. business plan. We don't oh, make we, any money. Oh, we, well. <laughs> in fact, I spend all of my money for this. Well, Where's actually. Where's your business plan? Well, I hadn't thought that totally through. It's just a plan. <laughs> Jerry comes here and I give him one chore. And by the way, he introduced the tillers last night. Did you guys they hear were great. the they are awesome. Yeah, they were fantastic. Unbelievable. And as yeah. Jerry said, this is tiller country. There were great groups, including the headline act that came in right behind them. But the tillers are amazing. And this is sort of their country. The one thing before, and Jerry is fantastic as an entertainer. He is really good, as we all know, and has made a great living at it. Jerry, go up on stage and say one thing. <laughs> say jerryspringer.com. It's so simple. jerryspringer.com, Jerry and that's the location of our podcast. He goes up, does a killer five minutes, comes off the stage all full of himself. Like, how was that? And I'm like, yeah, that was great, great. Well, you know, it was a really good one. I said, Jerry, you spent $50,000 in <laughs> jet fuel to come here to say jerryspringer.com. You didn't say it. Failed. He never said it. Total fail. I got caught up in the mayoralty. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just am concerned about the lives of the people in Friendship, Indiana. (laughs) I thought that was just more important. We apologize, But the music here, the music at this festival is unbelievable. It is wonderful. It is great. It is roots music. Back when Gene and I were younger, you know, it was folk music. It's a little more sophisticated today. The concept is the same. You know, there are more elements in it than the folk music we remember in the 50s and 60s. Uh, But the one thing that I found is the same. 
There's a reason we initially call this folk music, because it's the music of people. It wasn't just a couple of people sitting in Hollywood or even in Nashville or in New York and producing a, a song, a record, and that was it. No, this music literally came from people talking about their lives. And whether it was the labor movement, whether it was civil rights movement, whether it was uh, years ago, people still as slaves working the fields, the music came from people's lives. And that's how it became popular. And whenever there are tough times in the world, the music starts to reflect that time. So the music, for example, of our generation of the 60s was almost entirely political. Whether it was Bob Dylan, Peter, Paul, and Mary, whatever it was, it was the music reflecting the anti-war movement, the civil rights movement. Um, you know, when, when things really started falling apart in the late 60s, you had the eve of destruction. Sure. I mean, the music that came out reflected the policy. Now, today, it's the same thing, but in different areas. For example, rap music. Rap music is basically urban folk music. The guys and the women that are writing this stuff are writing about their lives, their experiences. That's the popularity of it. And that's why that music will never die. And it, it's great for us. And you were talking how we're standing around it. We looked at the crowd here last night. The age disparity was phenomenal. Yeah. Normally, when you go to the concert, everyone is within five years of the same age, depending on who the act is. Except if you're... Uh, bringing your kid to Taylor Swift. But other than that, but last night, there were people our age, which amazingly, some were still breathing, and, and there were young, you know. Yeah. Families. Families. Yep. So it, it, yep. it's really, it, really cool to listen to the music here. You know, to emphasize a point that you're making, Jerry, last night, and we joke about this, uh, this, as you guys know, because in our audience are the people who are the patrons of the festival, it goes all night. And it's really good in the daytime. It's really, really good at night for the acts to come on 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock. It's rocking in this room, was it not? I'm yes. sure many of you were here at midnight. And then you there were here are. At midnight? Yeah, well, he that's was. the point. Then there were jams happening in the campsites all over the place. So Megan and I, because, you know, we're like Woody Guthrie. You know, we're among <laughs> the people. We, we feel the people. And Jerry had his head on a, like a satin pillow back in a five-star hotel in Lawrenceburg, right? Yeah. Well, I, I confess I had to leave here at about 930 because if I didn't get back in time, I wouldn't get turned down service. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I had to get back to the hotel. Unbelievable. But you, you slept on the ground. Yeah we, we, yeah, we camped out along with everybody else. Is that else part here. of your business plan? That's part of my business plan. All right, I admit it. Really need to relook at this I business plan, Gene. Hey, I, tell you. I saw Gene's tent. <laughs> tent? I've seen prophylactics that are bigger. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, this oh, yeah, tent. It's tiny. It's a backpack. That's a good line, by the way. <laughs> no, it's the truth. Well, it's a solo backpacking tent, and it's small because, therefore, lighter. Anybody here a backpacker? You, you don't want big tents. You yeah. want light, mobile tents. Hey, let me emphasize a point Jerry made. So at one of, so do you guys know about uh, Zippy's Edge, which yep. is one of the jams that happens out in the campgrounds? So last night at Zippy's Edge at probably 1.30 in the morning, there was a young man, I'm guessing was about 20. 19, Megan, 20 I saw you old. there. Yep. Yep. This guy's playing a claw hammer banjo doing a sea chanty. 
because we're old enough to know that was a genre of folk music back before we were kids, and I was hearing and learning sea chanties when I was in college. This kid was singing uh, Sail Away Ladies, Sail Away. It's a song some of the musician types in the audience know. So this music is now still passing on to young players. I look at this kid and I think, why did he choose this genre of roots music instead of pop music or rap or others? And I'm always curious about that. I suspect the reason is, Jerry and Megan, that roots music speaks to the human condition. So it's universal. It's timeless. It's about uh, war or feelings about, it's all about passion and emotions. It might be about murder. The song Tom Dooley, an old-timey folk song popularized in the 1960s by a group called the Kingston Trio. Or Long Black Veil, popularized by Joan Baez or even the Dave Matthews Band and others. Songs about murder, songs about uh, love songs about war or protesting war or civil rights issues or songs rooted in old Negro spirituals. This music, is it not true? I suspect that's why we're all here, has the rhythms and the sounds and the instrumentation and the themes that are really cool. And something you said, and I think it's important, you know, it's, it's not all negative. In fact, what has struck me is oftentimes hearing Jerry and Gene talk about this music, you start to think about it's all anti-war, it's all this. What struck me was the positivity of everything last evening. I mean, we were in this space last night chanting love, love. You know, it was a very, very warm, inviting. What an amazing community that's been built here. So it's, it's that was cool. And also seeing the people in the audience just as every bit as talented as the people on stage performing. And then afterwards, everyone coming out and joining together. It's, it's been, it's really been amazing so far. There were a bunch of people chanting love, love back at the hotel. <laughs> Different <laughs> reasons. <laughs> Jerry, let me ask you and a question. And it's $19 for those films? <laughs> oh, oh, no. no. Jerry, let That's me ask outrage. you a question. Yes. Uh, serious question about roots music in terms of your life. So you were in college in the early to mid-60s, correct? Y yes. And... I know this because we've talked about it, and I know that when, and you guys may not know this, when Jerry came to Cincinnati in the late 60s-ish, 1970-ish, yep. he came to do law. He eventually ran a political movement, lowering the voting age. He eventually ran for Congress, came very close in a tremendously uphill race, then became a city council member and a mayor. So his, he came to Cincinnati to do some work some social movement work. At the same time, he was part of a duo that sang folk music in a place called Mahogany Hall, correct? Right. And uh, what, tell us, what got you into singing, performing? You started with what a lot of people did back in the day with a harmony guitar, correct? An affordable yeah. guitar, I think, sold at Sears Robux, as I recall. But yeah, the, the music in the... In the you know, I learned, on, personally, I, I learned how to play the guitar because my parents were on this movement, along with my sister, to Americanize me. Because, um, you know, we were, I mean, we came over from, uh, well, I came over from England. And uh, they were concerned that I didn't know anything about American customs, you know. So they, they were, on, the Americanization of Gerald was my childhood. <laughs> I would join the Boy Scouts. They would have me join the Little League. Uh, I would learn to play the guitar. I mean, it was. Re I would join a fraternity. I mean, it was the the classic. What you got to do All in the nineteen fifties? Yeah. Uh, 
And so I learned how to play the, the first, it's funny you mentioned Tom Dooley, that's the song that I learned to play the guitar on, the very first song. So in the beginning, and then of course, because of our background, we were very political as a family, so we got, I got very interested in the civil rights movement. So those were the songs that I initially learned. I gotta be honest, by the time I hit college, and, and when I came to Cincinnati and played in Mahogany Hall in Mount Adams, that was the way you met girls. Uh, you know, and it became, a, it became a social thing. You know, if you, if, if you weren't a, a good looking or very strong or anything else, uh, you better learn to play the guitar and, you know, and then you didn't have to be good looking. Which brings us to our first act. Yes. <laughs> no. No. No, no, no. That no, is no. so cruel. No, hold on. No, it's cruel on. but true. Yeah. <laughs> well, but in fact, before we go to Tom. That was awful. That was awful. Yeah. Let, me, let me mention something. Uh, Jerry mentioned the song Tom Dooley, and I want to just do one other thing about this genre of roots music and show its reach. Uh, so a couple summers ago, and Jerry, we talked about this, uh, and Jerry, I think, is going to do it next summer, but I hiked on this trail in Spain that goes across Spain called the Camino de Santiago, and Jerry is committed to doing it, as I say, what? next summer, carrying no. his stuff on his back and doing this hike. It's so, going to be very good what? for you. That is totally unfair. So, There's no way. We'll get so, you a little backpack. Right. What? I, I have to carry my own bags? Yes, carry your stuff. <laughs> carry your stuff. You talk to my people. Right. He is your people. I am your people. Oh, what are you, you talking are, about? Yeah, that's right. I keep forgetting. <laughs> yeah. He's my that's it. That's all yeah. you got? Yeah. So I was on this hike, the Camino Trail, and I did maybe 250 miles, the traditional routes, about 500 miles along from the edge of Spain, or pardon me, France, saint jean pied de port over the Pyrenees Mountains, west to this little town called Santiago de Compostela. Some of you may have heard of this hike. It's an amazing hike. What's cool about it, it has to do with Tom Dooley. What's cool about it is, is that there are people from all over the world doing it. It's like the Whispering Beard Folk Festival. The age disparity is extreme. There are young people as young as college kids, people as old as I am at the other end, and everything in between. And an international group of people now, recent years, by the millions, staying at albergues, little hostels where you pay five, ten American dollars, you get a bunk bed. Here's something. I'm trying to picture Jerry going into a hostel where they say, your space is this bunk bed. Put all your stuff there. Change there. There's a... Get this, a communal shower, that'd be great. And then, anyway, so on this hike. Now you're sounding like a show, my <laughs> yeah. show. This is great. I go into this little mountain village. I'll do that. And a guy associated with one of these hostels, he had hiked the Camino another year. He sits down, it's a Spaniard, speaks no English, takes out a Gibson five-string banjo, and plays Tom Dooley. Spanish yeah. guy, no English. Yeah. And I say in my half Ask Spanish, that's Tom Dooley. He says to me in Spanish, do you know it? Yeah, I know it. And he played it, and I'm singing Tom Dooley. He then marches through a bunch of American folk songs that were taught to him by his teacher in this little mountain village, guy from England who had migrated to this little mountain village. On the Camino Trail, every mile I hiked, I constantly heard music. And people were constantly carrying, not everybody, but many, instruments on, strapped onto the back of their backpacks. I heard music everywhere I stopped, and it was in every language of the world. But it was always folk music. It was the same stories. 
Tell you one last thing. On a mountain village in Spain one night in a stealth campsite, it was illegal to do this in Spain, there were representatives camping out from Lithuania, from Ireland, from America, from England, from Spain, and everybody did that night music from their own countries that were all folk songs. So this music is not just America. There's something archetypal about the stories and the rhythms of folk music. Do you agree with that? I mean, that's what's great yep. about these sounds. So yep. now, how about if we bring on Tom Van and Yvonne? Have I said that close, Tom? Yeah, you have said it close. Thank you. Yeah, close. <laughs> he did not say correctly. He yeah, said close. not correctly, but very close. <laughs> very close. Very close to correctly. It's Van den Oven. Van and Oven. So you lied. He wasn't close. I wasn't even close. <laughs> I apologize for that, Tom. Yeah. Why didn't you just? Hey, Tom. Him? Tell yeah. us, please, uh, a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and then we're going to be anxious to hear you do a song or two. Oh, great. Well, I grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's a little. Uh, drinking town with a football problem up yep. north there. <laughs> and uh, uh, about age 18, I started traveling around. And then uh, years later, when I, the first time in my life I wasn't in school or had a job, I sat down and learned how to play the guitar. And then it's taken me to Friendship, Indiana. Cool. In a nutshell. <laughs> um, and if you're willing, maybe get you to do a couple, but let's start sure. with one and tell us uh, a little bit about the song, if you would, and then uh, we'd love to hear it. Okay, this one's going to be called Busted Knuckles, and it's kind of a, a song about a traveler, a musician, who's just kind of worn out from being on the road all this year, so. Great. All right. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Let's hear it. wondering whatever happened to all my highway companions when I seen one up at Rick's Tavern yesterday for years and years we wandered all them cities, fields and canyons he says this is all that life has left me with today some busted knuckles a stack
I said, hey man, what about all us traveling kind? All the whiskey, all the girls, all the fun. Think about all them good times we all had. He says, oh heck, I don't even remember most of it. Barely remember some. But I got a few steady reminders of all that was bad. I got my busted knuckles. I got my busted heart. And a never-ending aching just to roam. That's my paw's bell buckle. Now it's rusted apart. This was great. Yeah, I think you slept in yesterday. I played the afternoon slot, so you didn't get there in time. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. Well, those I soft pillows, in. I would have slept in too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, they also put chocolates on your pillows. So oh, I, lucky. <laughs> hey, Tom, where can people hear your music? Where can they, I mean, yeah. obviously you performed yesterday. And right, I have a website that's tomvandenhaven.com. And uh, spell, so V-A-N. V-A-N-D-E-N-A-V-O-N-D. Okay. And um, w tell us where, y typically where are you performing? Are you around the country? Or are you Midwest heavy? Well, the older I'm getting, the less around the country I'm getting. Uh, Interesting. I kind of settled out in California these last five or six years. Really? In a little town called Oakdale. My friend nice. Willie T, he's going to be on, right. I think, later. He, uh, he said, hey, buddy, I got an Airstream open for you. I'm like... Oh, I'll be there in a week. Nice. So I moved to California from oh, uh, Elgin, Texas. Oh, so you have, a, you have a plane? No, 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 no. A trailer, Jerry, a trailer. <laughs> a trailer. Those things can't take off. Why would, not, why not would you have fast. a trailer? <laughs> hey, Tom, okay, yeah. how, how would you rate uh, Whispering Beer with other places to play? It's a, it looks to me, I'm not a performer as you are. But Top like, 100, you th are you saying, Gene? Yeah. Like, rank it? Yeah. Uh, Right here, right now. Oh. <laughs> no pressure. Can we do halvesies? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, 2.5. Yeah. That's like high. You know? High. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it looks like a real mellow place, a lot of respect. Uh, it just looks like a really cool environment. It's gorgeous. And it's so it, honest with the joking aside, it is so authentic. Yeah. I mean, that's it. There's nothing commercial about this place. It's just authentic. It's, and it's real people. Joking aside, it's real people just coming to enjoy music, and there's a commonality of spirit. It is, it is exactly what Donald Trump isn't. It's just, it yeah, is. <laughs> I think that hair's pretty authentic, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, in fairness to Donald Trump, unfortunately, it, it he is, is authentic. It is his hair. Yeah, well, I think he believes what he says. That's the frightening part. Um, yeah, more on Donald Trump. Well, actually, next Tuesday as we record, yeah. uh, it'll be in another episode, but we're going to get into that pretty heavily. We know? are. I'll just give you a headline now because <laughs> I, I, I just can't get it. I mean, that's what people are talking about. We were together last weekend at our friend's house up in Michigan, and uh, honestly, all we did was talk about Donald Trump. And that's what he wants. Yeah. He's winning if you do that, yeah. Jerry. You yeah. need to no, stop it. He's, 
there is no famous last words. And it, this isn't personal. I don't have anything personally against him. Uh, but uh, there's no way he can be president of the United States. It just isn't going to happen. So let's not panic, okay? He's not going to be president. And the reason, by the way, he's not going to be president is because I don't care what you see in the polls. Um, you know, he does well with the polls. Uh, he doesn't do so well with the Czechoslovakians. I hate but you. This is... No. Uh, uh, oh, it's all the time. Yeah. This is all the time. And of course, the joke makes no sense because there are no Czechoslovakians. It's Czech Republic. Republic. But how can you make fun of Czech Republicans? You can make fun of Republicans, but you can't make fun of Czech Republicans. What am I talking about? Stop. So anyway, so, uh, but he is doing well, you know, in, in the polls. But the point is, he's no one's second choice. So you have these 16, 17 candidates, right? And during the primaries, a whole bunch of them are obviously going to lose. So the people that are supporting those candidates will have to choose someone else. But if you look at the polls, no one has Trump as their second choice. In other words, whoever is for Trump is already for Trump. That's it. So he's not going to get the nomination. What is interesting, I think, is the reason the Republican Party, and look, I'm biased. I get it, and you should know that. So anything I say comes from my liberal bias. But the reason the Republican Party is having trouble with Trump, if Trump were a Democrat, he would be thrown out of the party immediately. I mean, everyone would say, you don't believe in what we believe in. You're horrible on women's issues. You're horrible on Planned Parenthood. You're horrible on immigration. We don't want a nativist, this president. We don't want this xenophobia. This is absolutely everything the Democratic Party doesn't stand for. The reason the Republicans are having trouble with him, though, is because he really is, he really says what the base of the Republican Party actually believes. They are embarrassed because they don't want to say it like that. It's politically incorrect how he's saying it. But on the issues, he is what the Republican Party believes. You know, if you had to check on all the issues, yes or no, he's going to come out where the Republicans are. The example I give is this. Mom and dad are talking in the kitchen. And they just had a dinner, you know, with a bunch of people over, and the people left, and mom and dad are talking, and, and mom says, you know, Sally really put on a lot of weight. And the, they don't realize that in the next room, one of their young kids heard that. The next week, Sally comes over to the house, and the kid says, mommy says you put on a lot of weight. Well, the parents are, you know, oh, my God, I can't believe the kid said it. The reason it's embarrassing is because it's the truth. They really did say it but they would never say it like the kid says it. That's how Republicans are feeling about Trump. They can't really attack him because the, the base believes in the issues that Trump is talking about. They just want to say it more politely. And that is what we're looking at. And that ought to give everyone pause. Those people who are Republicans, think about it. You're embarrassed, perhaps, by the way Trump is saying things. But isn't it true you kind of believe what he's saying? And if you really believe what he's saying, it doesn't look so good, does it? Yep. You know, the symbol of America is the Statue of Liberty, not a damn wall. Yep. You know, if you, you, loved, you loved Reagan. <laughs> and maybe they got to remember what Reagan said, tear down this wall. Yep. You don't want Donald Trump as president. Nope. You really don't. Well.
Okay, well, back it was to longer music. than a headline, but he made a point. <laughs> he came from the Gene Gavin School of Succinctity. <laughs> Succinctness. Right. Hey, Tom, are you well on? In- <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. After being mayor of Friendship, Indiana, I'm running for president. On to the White House. And I'll tell stone. you what. Are we, we'll, well, we'll talk about that another day. Why well, I'm running for president. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. We'll get into that. Uh, Shortly, but again, yeah, sure. let's go back to Tom Vanden Avon and Tom. We would love it. <laughs> now I'm the Avon lady. What? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, the only part of his names you get right is Tom. Yeah. So just say here's Tom. Yeah, Tommy V. That's what they've been calling me. Tommy. It's easier v. for everybody, especially at night. <laughs> hey, uh, Tommy, would you do one more, please? Yeah, Keep sure. Up. All right. This is one I just wrote about Donald Trump. Oh, that would be fantastic. That'd be perfect. It's anti-Trump, don't worry. Right. Now, uh, this is one off uh, my newest record called End Times is the name of the record, and uh, it's called Chef's House. I based this song off a, a short story that I read by a, a fella for, named Raymond Carver up in uh, Oregon. It's called Chef's House. I moved up to a chef's house Guess it was early this past spring I called Lydia up, said we should start over Come on out and stay You can even see the ocean From the window in the living room She said, all right, one last try I'll start packing today Now we're trying with this drinking Really trying To lead normal people's lives But we're not normal people Who the hell are we fooling We ain't like them other husbands and wives Get a sprinkler for the garden Walk back up to chef's house With a straw hat and some daisies in my hand Me and Lydia, we just lay back on the grass And watch the clouds move on toward the valley I took her in my arms and asked her If she was my girl again Now we're trying To quit this drinking Trying to lead normal people's lives But we're not normal people Who the hell are we fooling? We ain't like them other husbands and wives Well that fall chef drove up morning he said he'd sold his house he was sorry but we'd have to go we watched him walk away across his own front lawn well, I could use a drink I said sitting right there in chef's living room and Lydia just closed the drapes and the ocean was gone yeah we're trying 
quit this drinking Really trying to lead normal people's lives Tommy V. Thank you very much, Tommy. Really, really good. Thank you, I'd love to have you back. Yeah. Uh, we're going to work it out that when you know around here that you come back. You bet. I'd love to, to show that. That is, and say once more where we can hear you. TomVandenavon.com. V-A-N-D-E-N-A-V-O-N-D. And uh, yeah, you can hear me this weekend. There you go. I played yesterday officially, but yeah, yeah. I'll be playing a little bit more, I'm sure. Okay, but I go to sleep at 9.30, so... <laughs> so <Yeah>. do I. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks. Hey, Tom, is there any chance that you could take us out on a song that we do at the end of all of our, of our podcasts, which is Irene Goodnight? Do you oh, know about it? Oh, Lead Belly? Yep. Yeah, and, I don't know that one anymore. Well, I tell you what, we're, Jerry's going to sing it. <laughs> okay. No, I can just no, do do you course. know any of it? Do you know any of the what, verses? What uh, try D, David. Got it, <laughs> Irene, good night. Irene, good night. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Sometimes I live in town. Sometimes I take a great notion to jump in the river and drown. Now, thank you.